Jason Robertson, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, they're all having great seasons. Devin Levi, we all think he's probably going to be a solid goaltender in the NHL. We all think Philip Keel could be a bargain addition for the New York Rangers, and he's proving it this year. There's a lot of things we are right about. There's also a lot of things that we are very, very wrong about. And we are going to revisit our flawed predictions and also gloat about the ones that we got very, very right. In episode 359 of the Lace Em Up podcast, which starts right now. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Before we talk about how right and how wrong we are, we are going to go to the appetizers like we always do. Brett, what's on the menu this week? Yeah, uh, a few things here. Uh, so one, uh, we'll start off with actual hockey news. Uh, we have some stuff about like milestones and things like that. But um, in terms of actual news, uh, Philip Heedle, he signed a four-way, a four-year, a four-year contract worth four point four three seven uh, million uh, per year. Um, this isn't a bad deal. I mean, I know he's on the third line, but he's had chemistry with Capocacco and Alexis Lafreniere, um, as the the known kid line, as they say. Um, it is interesting that, like, especially for Lafreniere and Capocacco, those guys should be in the top six at this point in their career, but um, but at the same time, it's like um, the, all three of these guys have chemistry together, and it's one of the reasons why the Rangers are one of the better teams in the league, when they you can just flip out these, these like it's arguably the best third line in the league. Um, and, um, and yeah, Filipino is a big reason for that. He has 22 goals. 21 assists. I don't think this is updated from uh, the game they just played, uh, but yeah, I, I think updated this... One, uh, actually, I have the updated one. He did get an assist today, okay. so 22 goals, 44 points in 69 games. Nice. I did see that Lafreniere had a very nice goal, so um, uh, yeah. based off of what uh, um, I, like a Heedle assist there. Um yeah, I, I think, like, I, I was pretty high on Filipino back in the day um, when he was drafted. Um, and, yeah, I, I think, I, <laughs> unfortunately for my teens, I um, I missed the boat on that. Uh, or, I went, like, I dropped him before I um, before he really started to take off. But at the same time, I feel like th- this guy has a lot of potential and... I feel like eventually, like Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, um, maybe Patrick Kane, um, who I don't know if he'll resign in New York or not, but eventually those guys are going to age out. And, you know, even like Panarin, Trocek, Tarasenko, um, if Tarasenko signs, um, those guys are in their 30s or late 20s. Um, and pretty soon, like, the kid line will be the grown-up line or the adult line. Um, and they'll move into the top six. Um, and then that's when we'll be like, okay, so that's why the Rangers did it this way. Um, and, yeah, Filipino is the center there, so he's going to be an important part for them um, if that's how they see fit. 
Um, it's just it's just odd because it's like Alexis Lafreniere was this hyped prospect, um, and so was Capo Caco, um, and Hedl was to a certain extent, but not as much as those other two. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's like oh right, these guys are on the third line, not getting a ton of minutes every night, but. When they do and when they score, it's like, oh, right, this is, like, like they're a good team. Phil, uh, this is the perfect chance for a very bad segue. Um, remember when everyone was pissed that they lost the lottery for Lafreniere? Well, uh, Tim Stusla went third overall. He's leading the Sens in goals, assists, and points this mm-hmm. year. 37 goals, 47 assists, 84 points in 72 games. Pretty good. Just yeah. Just Throw that out there before my sins were eliminated. Right, 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 right. Well, I guess I thought, I mean, if you want to look even more bad, that I think, like, Jack Hughes had his, like, 50th, 500th point or something like that, or some milestone, and uh, Kako hasn't even reached 20 goals (laughs) in a season yet. Um, So if you want to go there, you can. But for the other prospect in the 2019 draft, but... Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this move in particular, not his line line mates? I think uh, long-term it's going to look pretty good when you have a kid of um, Kittle's stature. Uh, When you consider the hype around Lafreniere and the hype around Capo Caco, I feel like Philip Kittle was kind of like in the shadow for a fair bit, and... Um, you know, the amount of tolls that he's put up this year, I think moving forward, regardless of what uh, the rest of the group looks like, uh, in theory, he is going to get a fair share of his minutes in due time mm. in the top six, and he's going to make those uh, moments count. I also think his shooting percentage is pretty good, too, um, which, you know, as those shooting opportunities start to balloon, uh, in theory, so will the goal total. So I like to see that. That reminds me a little bit about Pavel Buchnevich of an underrated forward during his yeah. time at the Rangers. It was only up until the final year, two years of his time with the Rangers where he started to showcase the type of offensive capabilities that he's shown since he's gone to the St. Louis Blues. And uh, you know what? Maybe Philip Kittle is, is going to get to that point. It's just going to be a couple of years longer than people anticipated. So I, I think long-term it's going to look good for the Rangers, even though – it, it may seem like a meh type of signing. Uh, I, I think, you know, if Keto continues to perform and develop his craft, you know, if, if you're looking at a future 50, 60, maybe even 70-point guy in the league um, and consistently at that, um, you know, a lot of people would love that price tag just under uh, $4.5, $5 million, yep. especially as the cap is going up. Like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Especially also when you consider the Rangers are also paying big name money to guys like Adam Fox and Jacob Truba and Artemi Panarin right, and Mika right. Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. And then once Shesterkin is due up for a contract, um, he's probably going to get his bag around six, seven, eight million too. Um, you're going to need those bargain contracts like Keto and Lafreniere and Kako to step up. And Lafreniere, we were talking about how he's picking up his game. He's going to need a new contract at the end of this year as we've True. mentioned and I'm curious to see what the price tag for him is as well and maybe it's a happy medium in between uh, what what Kittle is bringing to the table right now as of next year yeah no that's a good point um, 
But yeah, no, I, I think that it'll, it'll be one of those deals that like in maybe like two or three years will be like, oh, wow, that's that's quite a bargain for, for Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yeah, when sure. I I feel like Chris Kreider and Zabinajad will degrade at some point. Um, and, um, and yeah, even Trocek um, as well. So it's like there is potential for Heedle to get even better and have more ice time. Um, so there's that. Um, I, I guess this is actually a good segue. I'm kind of s- switching things up here, Steve, on the lineup. But uh, and we do it all the time. I, I'm only doing this because it ties in with the Rangers. Uh, because uh, Devin Levi, he made his first NHL start on uh, Friday against the Rangers, um, and he won, um, which is impressive in its own right because the Rangers are a good team. He gave up two goals, um, and he won in overtime. It was kind of a cute moment, too, because Jeff Skinner got the overtime winner, and the first thing he did was he pointed back at Devin Levi. Um, I watched parts of this game. Um, Devin Levi looks like an NHL pro, like I predicted, so... Um, it's it's kind of like an early precursor to <laughs> what we're what we're gonna be doing in the main topic here, but uh, yeah, Devin Levi looks really good. It looks like he's a pro already, um, which is impressive. Um, another two other things um, on this note: uh, Eden McDonough, who's also um, was uh, on that Northeastern team that Devin Levi was on, uh, that same night. Uh, he played in Vancouver um, in his first NHL game. He also got a goal in that game. So quite a quite a uh, a day for Northeastern Hockey uh, for their alum program there. Um, and also uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, there's a potential that uh, uh, Devin Levi will play the team that drafted him. On Tuesday, um, I don't know if what Don Granado is thinking uh, per se, but there is a chance that he could play um, in Florida, um, which would be kind of like a very funny thing, especially since, as we've mentioned, Florida could use some goaltenders, and they could uh, they could also use battling for playoff spots. Yeah. Both teams, like yeah. that's a very that's right. a game that both teams need to win. Right, right. I mean, it's not like Sam Reinhardt is very good, so it's not like I, I don't think Florida yeah. really truly regrets the trade, but um, but yeah, they it's it kind of it's reminding me of um, the Matthew Kachuk trade actually. With uh, it's like yeah, Matthew Kachuk is the better player. Um, they ended up getting the better player in that trade uh, to Calgary so far, of course, but. Um, but uh, it's not like Florida's make like a guaranteed into the playoffs this year. Um, but yeah, well, actually, Keith Kachuk was yeah. on Toronto radio. He called the Panthers soft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and his and his son plays for them. Yeah, He's yeah. Having a, a very great year. Uh, just taking a look at Devin Levi's stats for uh, Northeastern in two years. Uh, last year he was 21-10-1 with a 9.52 save percentage and a 1.54 GAA in 32 games. This year, only 17, 12, and 5, but still mm-hmm. at a 933 save percentage and a GAA of 2.24, 34 games. I don't think Northeastern was nearly as strong as they were last year, and still he put up tremendous college numbers. And again, only a seventh round pick in his draft year as well. So 
He's uh, he's looking uh, to put forward a, a pretty good career. As for the Florida Panthers, if they miss the playoffs, they're definitely a team that I'm really looking at in terms of what they do in the offseason because there, there are probably going to be some moving pieces if they don't make it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely been a disappointing year for them. Um, but I don't know. They I guess they could still make the playoffs, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. They, they still could, but if, if you look at some of the contracts, we mentioned Sam Reinhardt, he'll have a year left on his yep. deal before he becomes a free agent. And there are other uh, moving pieces like, you know, what happens with Brandon Montour in the season that he's had and Gustav Forsling as well. There's a lot of pieces on that roster that, you know, have put up pretty good numbers, but I don't know if the Panthers are necessarily yep. married to them. And also, of course, you know, what the heck they do with Bobrovsky's cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, I mean, it's unfortunate because Spencer Knight, uh, there's something going on where he's in the assistive program. So, we, you know, you yeah. don't want to speculate there. But you do kind of wonder what would happen if Spencer Knight was at 100% full health. Um, like, yeah. would that have made a difference? But, of course, that's like... You know, you don't you don't want to blame, um, or you sh we, we shouldn't blame him or speculate no, on what's we, going on. We don't we don't know but, what's 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 happening. But it, it there. might just There's be like a lot. Yeah, a lot has happened with the Florida Panthers. It's weird because everyone was yeah. buzzing. Oh man, they won the right. President's Trophy. Now they got Matthew Kachuk, and yeah, who cares who they right. lost? They're still going to be good. And then uh, the season started. Well, what, what's funny? Consistencies grows and. And like I said, also they have a new coach. I think yeah. getting used to the new system has been a bit of a struggle at times. Well, what's funny is is that they did make that big trade, and we thought like if if Florida was going to fail, it's because Jonathan Huberto was actually as like more important than we thought he was. Turns out that Matthew Kachuk is even better than Huberto is, uh, but mm -hmm. um, but that wasn't. He the has over a hundred points yeah. this year. Yeah, that that isn't the reason why uh, they aren't doing so hot right now. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, all right, so now we have some milestone things. Of I, I feel like scoring is up, and I do have a trivia question for you in um, in a little bit, just to uh, test. Not really test, but it's just it'll just be a fun little game here. Uh, but uh, first thing I'll do. Um, is um, mentioned that uh, J Jason Robertson is the first Dallas star, or he has, uh, he now has uh, 97 points. Uh, he almost has 100 points. I guess he could get there. He'll probably eventually get there, he I will. would imagine. But, um, right, yeah, right now he has 76 game or he's played in 76 games, so yeah, you would have to have three more points in the next, um, six games, which is definitely possible. Yeah, um, they play St. Louis twice. They also play Detroit. Yeah. So uh, teams that can't keep the puck out of the net, he'll yeah, yeah. get his chances. Exactly. Um, but uh, but that means that it's kind of surprising that he has the most points in Dallas Stars history. Um, when I went to look this up, uh, because for some reason I, I thought I saw that he had 100 points, um, and it turns out he just has 97, so he could eventually get there. But I was like, he wait, does why? have 100 goals, though, yeah, which yeah. is still damn good. Oh, for a career. So he might also yeah, have career, that as yeah. well. But um, in terms of in a single season, when I was looking this up, I was like, 
oh, wait a second, there's like um, a couple of guys ahead of Jason Robertson. Uh, none of them are Mike Modano, believe it or not, but uh, he does have, um, yeah, it's more those guys, all those guys were, like I've heard of these guys before, Dino Cicerelli, uh, Neil Broaden. The number one guy, though, is Bobby Smith. Um, all those guys are um, Minnesota North Stars, um, and that's when they had those seasons in, um, in Minnesota, which I thought was kind of surprising because I thought Minnesota wasn't great back in the day when they were the North Stars, but I guess that's, you know, I guess <laughs> it's more of a sign that um, that scoring was way up in the 80s, but... Uh, but yeah, no, of course this is impressive that Jason Robertson, you know, he beat out Mike Modano. Um, so, so that's, that's good to see. Um, and then in terms of goals, uh, Jason Robertson has 42 goals. Um, but, um, he, the only Mike Modano in his first year in Dallas has more goals in Dallas Stars history. Um, again, Minnesota North Stars, Dino Cicerelli and Brian Bellows. Both had 55 goals at one point um, in a single season, but uh, Jason Robertson has 42 goals. Mike Modano had 50 um, in 93-94, which was when the Dallas Stars, that was their first season there. Um, so pretty cool that uh, this is Jason Robertson's, um, or like, you know, he's having an incredible season, an incredible start to his career, of course, as well. But um, but yeah, it's just cool that he's... Uh, He's doing so much already at such a young age. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else on Jason Rob Robo, but uh, yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, Ro Ro Robo. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's very very good. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, interestingly enough, he got forty one goals, so his goal per game yeah. has stayed relatively the same uh, as well. Although his power play goals. Uh, dead from 13 to yep. 10, and he had 11 game winners last year compared to seven this year. Yep. But he's taken a lot more shots this year, too, which is kind of interesting. His shooting percentage last year was 18.6%. Yep. This year, it's 18.3%. And I think part of uh, part of that is because, you know, the resurgence of Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn have probably mm -hmm. contributed to that. You also have Rupe Hintz taking a step up, too. Um, so I definitely think the offense is a bit more well-rounded in Dallas compared to previous years, too. Mm -hmm. um, but downside for Dallas is uh, they're kind of, even though the Central Division is pretty tight right now, uh, they're in a position where they could be facing Colorado, which is the number two seed. Um, I'd rather they face Minnesota because if they get Colorado in the first round or they win the division and they get one of the wild cards, I like that as a better yeah. matchup uh, for Dallas currently. So... They, they need goals from everyone to, to get that division crown. And I think in order for them to go on that DeBoer expected uh, Final Four run, um, I, they're going to need to finish first, in my opinion, in order yeah. for them to have any chance of doing that. Because if they get second or third, man, that's going to be a tough matchup right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what's going on in the playoffs. But, of course, Robo cop is the big reason why uh the stars are doing so well um okay uh next thing here uh ryan nugent hopkins um th this is another one where it's like it hasn't happened yet but 
um, it probably will happen pretty soon. But I, th- I thought this was kind of surprising because it's it's a pretty quiet season here uh, for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But meanwhile, he has 97 points in 77 games. Um, and so he'll probably also get to 100 points. I would imagine he has um, five more games left to do that. But I, I think he can do it. Um, so yeah, he needs three points in the the five games left, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it will, it's like when you see like the top 10, you're like of point guys who have, you know, just the point getters, um, you're like, oh, right. Of course, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, Pasternak, Kachuk, those are your 100 point getters. But like of all this list, you're like, wait, Ryan Nugent Hopkins? What? How is it's? It must be a. Um, I'm I'm sure when it happens, there'll be some statistic of when it was the last time this happened. But I do wonder, like this, when was the last time? This must be uh, the first time in the lockout era where three guys on the same team have over a hundred points. Of course. Uh, this is probably where the trivia comes in, isn't it? No, no, because I don't have that. <laughs> uh, this is actually one I probably wouldn't get. So, this is uh, this is more fun than the trivia question I have, but um, but yeah, no, I I am curious if when that happens. The last time three players got a hundred points in the same year. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but in the salary cap era, I don't know if it's ever happened. Yeah. Okay, but that is a good precursor to the actual. Um, question here because uh, like the um, like scoring is up uh, we've kind of like uh, as I had mentioned before um, and in fact to the point where there are 10 guys who have 40 goals or more um, yeah. so I, I and when I was looking at this list I was like I mean some of these guys I could tell I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. Other guys, like, I'm like, all right, I bet you Steve doesn't know some of these guys. So I'll give you, uh, because it will take us too long if you guess um, all 10, and I'm sure you're already going to guess McDavid, Pasternak, and Dreisaitl. So you have those three. Um, We also mentioned that Jason Robertson just now. So I'll give you J-Rob as well. Uh, okay. Can you name the six other players that have 40 or more goals? Well, uh, funny you should ask. I was at the Sens game yesterday, and they gave out the top five, so I know Miko Rantanen yep. is one of them. Okay. He has 48 goals. Incredible. 49. Um, 49, they say Point here. is another one. Yep, yep. Uh, but so uh, that's... Rantanen has 49 goals, by the way. I guess that... Uh, it's still 40 or more. It still yeah, counts. It still counts, but you, you, yeah, just, yeah, just stop. You're, no, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he scored a goal after you saw that on Yeah, the, no, on no. The that, that was probably before he got his 49th. Right. So yeah. you have... Um, I'm not trying to score you. But so yeah. you have Braden one, Blaine, two, three, yeah. four. You have four more left. Uh, Tage Thompson. Yep. He's six. Um... This is where it gets tough. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I can give you, uh, I'll give you two hints 
Um, the two of these three were first overall picks. Oh my god! I also just googled his name. I'm so ashamed. Jack Hughes. Yep, that's one. But I'm I'm shocked that you don't know this. The other guy, the other first overall pick here. <laughs> Uh, former first overall picks, eh? Um, how many do I have left? Two or three? You have two. I have two, okay. I can give you a hint on the other oh, guy. Oh, oh my god, oh my god, Steven Stankos. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was a good guess, though. You gotta give me that. That was a good I guess. Will, I, yeah, I'll admit that. But literally, you're probably gonna go crazy once I tell you this. <laughs> Do you want to know? Uh, yeah, sure, I'm bored. Tell Alex, me the other two. Alex Ovechkin. Of course, yeah, okay. Yep, next. Yep. Um, What's the other one? And this one's actually was the inspiration for giving you this trivia. Uh, Carter okay. Verhage. Um, he had, oh he just God. got 40 goals. 40, eh? Yeah. Wow. Because he had a 40. I know he had 36 earlier this week, yeah. and he was on a bit of a, uh, a bit of a heater for Florida. That's Exactly, That's because that is pretty accurate, because he had a four-goal night last night. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you had 36 goals probably when you checked yesterday. And then now, yeah, he has 40 goals. Um, so, and also, I guess we should mention, yeah, Carter Brady, he had a four-goal night last night. So, um, yeah. nice, nice. But, yeah, <laughs> that's, that was really funny because it's like literally Alex Ovechkin is like, might will probably beat Gretzky's record for the goals <laughs> if you didn't pick him. <laughs> Curious, uh, in terms of Ovechkin, how many goals does he have this year? 42. 42? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he would need to get on a heater. I'm curious if he can get 50 again. Yeah, it's definitely possible. If he can get 50 this year. It says he had, uh, he's played in 70 games. I guess he did miss a couple of those ones due to his yeah, dad passing. Yeah, because yeah. of the death of his father, right. Yes. But according to ESPN, he's projected to finish with 76 games. Um, so he has six more games left um, and 45 they, they project him, I guess these are just according to like models or whatever, but 45 goals they project him to end this the year with. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, anyways, the uh, scoring sucks. today, so he didn't get any goals. No. So with five games left uh, in Montreal against Florida, against the Islanders, mm-hmm. against the Bruins, and against the Devils. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty tough to hit 50 in those five games, yeah. so he need eight goals in those five. But yep. I guess if anyone can do it, and that's been, I mean, it could be it could Alex. Be, yeah. get a couple of hat-tricks in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Bruins are currently playing. I was hoping, because uh, Pasternak got a hat-trick yesterday as well. I was yeah. hoping that Pasternak would, it could catch to McDavid. It's possible, but I guess he would have to score a goal. Um, against Jordan Bennington right now. So, um, not saying that it's unlikely, but it could happen. Uh, but yeah, Connor McDavid has 62 goals. Pasta has 56. Drysaddle has 50. I was like, I mean, I guess uh, you were spoiled by this. I, I was kind of surprised that Miko Rannanen had 49 goals. Because, um, especially since he's not really known to be a goal scorer, I don't think. But I thought that was surprising. Braden Point was another one. 
I guess I, I didn't realize that you saw the Jumbotron. I feel like that would have taken you a while to guess if you didn't know beforehand. Um, Tage Thompson has... I mean, the fact yeah. that Landis Gog hasn't played that much for Colorado definitely yeah, adds to Brandon's goal. That's fair. That's fair. Brandon Point was also... It's kind of also, like, under the radar, too. Um, yeah, under the radar, very good, too, this year, yeah. Uh, Tage Thompson, I figured you would get that. Um, yeah. He has 44. Jason Robertson has 42. Uh, Ovechkin has 42 as well, so they're tied for 7th. Jack Hughes and Verhage are tied for ninth with 40 goals. Um, then you have Kapril, I mean, if, if we want to go outside the top 10, uh, Kaprizov and Shifley have 39 goals. Kachuk has 38 yeah. goals. Um, that would be Matthew, but yeah. Right, right, yeah. I thought that was implied, but I guess you're right, yeah. <laughs> this, of oh, course, there's the another one that's also pretty good. Yeah, the Sens fan um, corrects me, of course. Uh, Zvinijet has 38. Your your boy Stutzla has thirty seven. Nylander has. He could get to forty by the end of the year, man. Don't be surprised. This is kind of surprising. I mean, we'll talk about this in the main topic, but Matthews has thirty seven goals. I thought he would have more. Uh, Nylander yeah. has thirty seven as well. So. Um, yeah, Nylander's had a very good year. Uh, Timo Meyer yeah. also starting to eat up. Thirty seven. Yeah, too. as well. Bo Horvat, Kuzmenko has thirty seven. Yeah. Elias Peterson, low-key, having a fantastic year Yeah, 36 well. goals. points, 36 goals. And this was another one that I, I didn't realize as well. This is <laughs> this is a great episode so far, by the way. Uh, we're just yeah, reading right. names of guys who had underrated seasons so far. But Adrian Kempe, did you realize he had 36 goals? Uh, nope. Or Alex Tuck has 35 goals? Jared yeah, McCann. Tuck has been a great addition for the Sabres. I'm glad he's having a great yeah. year. Yeah, Jared McCann has 35 goals. Zach Hyman, 34 goals. That's, um, yeah, pretty good. Um, all right. I love how Jordan Kyrus plus minus is bigger than the amount of goals he scored. <laughs> That's funny. And by plus minus, I mean it's deep in the negatives. He did just score a goal just now, so I don't know if that changed. But... Yeah, so 35 goals, but he's a minus 38 entering today. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um, Plus minus is mean anything, but yeah, yeah. still figure I point out. Anyways, now we get to the main topic here. Yes. Um, because like that, I mean, it is very fitting that we just talked about got like surprises of guys that um, are doing really well and scoring's really up. But uh, we went back to um, the early on in our episode path uh, where we did our predictions. Um, and still things have kind of, you know, like, of course the season isn't over just yet, but we, we can pretty much see what, what's going to happen towards the end. So, uh, this was the seat, uh, we went back and found the episode where we made our predictions for the division winners and the Stanley cup winners who are going to predict and we also found the episode where we talked about the our award predictions, um, and we kind of just wanted to see um, what we were right about, what we were wrong about. Um, so we'll start off with the Atlantic Division, um, and then we'll move into the individual awards um, at the end here. Um, so, uh, so for the Atlantic. Um, I guess I should do it this way where I'll say my predictions and your predictions and then I'll say what the actual 
um, results are right now. Uh, but um, in terms of the Atlantic, I picked Florida, Tampa, and Toronto. Steve also did that as well. Turns that out, order too, yeah. yep, both in those uh, that order. I think that was like a running joke in, during that episode as well that we had pretty similar predictions. Um, what was the joke? Was that Florida yeah. was going to be the top three? Right. Yeah, we already talked about how Florida has been disappointing this year, but. Uh, but yeah, we. Um, what's funnier is that one of our teams um, is actually was the was the reason that uh, wrecked that result, um, and that's of course the Boston Bruins. They they just clinched the President's Trophy. Uh, they're number one right now. Toronto and Tampa. Uh, we I guess we just mixed those two up. I was concerned about uh, Matt Murray um, and the yeah. goaltending issues there. Um, I guess I like I, I thought Sam Sonoff was going to be pretty good, but I didn't um, realize he was going to be a, a like a like a big reason why they were or that was like he's been good enough, of course. Um, so Joseph so Wall in the games that he's played has yeah. also provided solid hockey for them too. Mm-hmm. In the AHL, if you check his stats, he's been killing it with the Marlies mm-hmm. as well. So. So yeah, I mean, we didn't really have any like questions planned for this, but um, but yeah, I guess I mean it's like you know Boston has been really good. That's been the story of the whole year. That and Connor McDavid, of course. But um, yeah, it's just um, it's just crazy that it's like I I mean I'll I'll say that I had Boston as the first wild card spot, so I I don't I'm not shameful now. Um, but I thought I, I was only putting them in because of like I was a homer. Um, also, like to mention that I, like I believe that Krejci and Bergeron were going to be a big difference maker, and that was a big reason why people were so low on the Bruins because that and the fact that um, you know that they didn't have Krejci and Bergeron, and they like it seemed like they might retire, but who knows how good they were going to be in their last year? It seems like. Um, not to mention the fact that McAvoy and Marshawn were going to be out for half the year, so it's like it's unclear. They also got rid of Cassidy. So came back, I think, sooner than we expected yeah. as well, right? But yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, even still, like I, like I thought Krejci and like they were going to be better than what people made them out. Of course, I didn't expect this season mm-hmm. out of the Bruins, but I did think like, okay, Krejci. Like I've watched Krejci and Bergeron for two decades now. Um, I knew that they were this good, um, and that was a bigger, bigger reason why, like, I was low on the Bruins before they signed, but then once they signed, it was like, all right, this, you know, now we're cooking with gas, all we need is, like, we just needed to be stable enough to get until, like, McAvoy and Marshawn were healthy, and, and that's kind of what happened, in a way, but, like, they were also pretty good when, Mac, like, early on in the season, too. Without Marshawn. Yeah, like Campus Lindholm. Everyone was yeah. talking about in his first two months how yeah. great he was, yeah. like offensively. Yeah, so uh, so there was that. Um, but yeah, I guess, like, I mean, we kind of already talked about this ad nauseum that Florida has been disappointing. In this episode, we've, we talked about that. So um, there was that, but uh, yeah, we have that for us. Okay, uh, now we move on to the Metro here. Um so I think this is another one where we were both this. Yeah, we were this. Oh no, no. There, we go, there's been a bit of division yeah. in, in this one. But we got the first two. 
we predicted the first two. We had the same two top two, um, and that was the Rangers and Carolina. We both picked picked that. I had Columbus third. Um, I'm laughing because yeah, of course that's that's so. uh, sad. L. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you had Pittsburgh that, that third. That was uh, that was similar to me and the Flyers last yeah, yeah. year. Yeah, they busted instead of broke out. Yeah, you had Pittsburgh third, so I would laugh at you for that, but of course I can't. I thought they would defy Father Time again, man. What can I say? And I mean, this time uh, they might not. It's still possible, I guess. It's not like they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, but not to top three level. Like, right. You know, I don't think anyone's catching the Rangers for Fair. third in the uh, right. in the Metro. So I think yep. the top three yep. in terms of where the teams are, that's that's secured. It's just a matter of who finishes where in yeah, the yeah. top three. Um, but uh, what actually has happened so far, of course, things can change. But it seems like this is also pretty permanent as well. Uh, Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers are, that's how it's gone so far. Of course, Carolina has 105, New Jersey has 104 points, and the Rangers have 101 point, points. Um, so, like, a lot is up in the air in these last couple of games, but, um, but yeah, it'll definitely be, uh, something to watch out for. I think, like, I had the Devils as, um, a team to watch, but um, I I wasn't convinced about their goaltending, and I guess this is like a common thing because I said the same thing about the tor- Toronto. Um, but I yeah I wasn't convinced about like the the goaltending because I thought like you know Vanacek hasn't played a full season as the as the guy, um, and who knows with Mackenzie Blackwood. So I was kind of right about Blackwood, but. Yeah, Kira Schmidt has been more yeah. impressive than Blackwood. Yeah, and that was the that was the whole reason why we were down on the Devils last year, or what ended up happening to the Devils was their goaltending just never never matched up with their offense. Um, and now Vanacek has been good enough where um, the the Devils are like a contender in this league right now, and they're for real. Um, so I think that was kind of a mismark on our part, but. Um, yeah, there, there's that. Um, in terms of wild card spots, oh, and I guess I picked Columbus because I thought like uh, the addition of Johnny Gaudreau was going to help a lot. I thought um, Elvis Merzilkins was going to come back to what he was originally. Of course, I didn't take into account all the injuries that they had, and I feel like their back end, especially yeah. within the Wierenski, first four yeah. to six weeks, they were already in rush. Yeah, exactly. Like Wierenski was out. Like um, start. Like you was out. He's been out for the whole season, um, and that's yep. the he was injured in like the first month, I think. Uh, Blankenberg, he's been good, but he's also been injured for a couple stints. Bogfist, the same thing. Like, if, like there was like a time period where like. Uh, first Warinsky gets out, then Bogfist gets out, and then you're like, okay, who else do they have? Jake Bean, okay, and then he's out for the season, and then you're like, okay, who else? Do, who else wants to come aboard? Blankenberg, and then he gets Dustin injured. Dustin Danforth can be playing defense. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like all of a sudden they don't have a defenseman. Um, of course, the good news is that the Blue Jackets do have um, Matejuk in the system. Um, as a defenseman, um, they also have 
Corson Coolmans, um, who could come up um, in a few years as well. So, Eurocheck as well. Eurocheck. Um, yeah, they they have some some players in the system, and it, I guess it makes sense that will um, that yeah they'll you know they'll be okay. But um, and they could get Connor Bedard if if they get Connor Bedard, yeah. then I it's mean, all worth if it. If they get Connor Bedard, that's the yeah. ultimate consolation but, prize for the but, hell they went through this year. But I will say, even if they don't get it, it's like I feel like this was just like a lost year for them. Like yeah, it's, can, it's, a, it's a flu. Yeah, you can. You they can, may not be a playoff team next year, but they'll be better. But yeah, I think it's it's, and, and that was a big reason why the Devils have been so good. I should knock on wood here because, like the Devil, like the other reason you could count on like the goaltending was bad for the Devils last year, but also like pretty much all their star players missed a significant amount of time last year, and now that hasn't really been the case. Where like yeah, Jack Hughes missed a couple of. Uh, games here and there, but um, and he sure did as well. But um, it wasn't like um, as bad as it was last year, um, because like not only those two guys that I just mentioned, but also like uh, Dougie Hamilton. I think there was also um, I think Jesper Bratt was also injured for a time as well. But um, so it's like they were just healthy, and uh, Columbus will also. You know, if they're healthy, they, they could be pretty good. Uh, but we'll we'll see, um, even if they don't get Connor Bedard. Um, or Adam Fintilli, we'll see. Um, in terms of the wild cards, um, we predicted... I predicted Boston and Pittsburgh was my second wild card spot. Um, technically, I was wrong about Boston uh, <laughs> being um, in the wild card. You still card have them as a playoff team, so you weren't yeah. completely wrong. Exactly. I mean... I guess I'll take credit because you're making me, but um, but at the same time, I'll, <laughs> I'll just say I should have had more belief in the Bruins. I think you need to take credit for it. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me say this. if At the time, if I said that the Bruins would be the first, um, like, would win the Atlantic, you probably would have said, like, oh, you're just a homer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd be the real homer if you yeah. said they get first in the NHL, though. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> I yeah you would have you would, like I I don't think I would have got, been able to get away with it so um, so there's that but um, and then for you um, I mean you you're kind of right here uh, you have the Islanders as the first wild card spot and then yeah, you have and that's probably what they're going to be when the playoffs start right because that's what it currently is um, and uh, you had Detroit as the second wild card spot so. Yeah, I mean, they're, they were in the hunt for yep. a fair bit until that back to back in Ottawa, and then the wheels fall off and they couldn't put them yep. together again in time. But again, uh, it's it's a slow bird. It's 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 a grind. They'll they'll pick up the pieces and give them another year or two, mm. and they'll be a playoff team. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, the Red Wings. Uh, uh, in a little bit, because I had them as an yeah. individual prediction That's as well. True. They were my team to watch. Yep, yep. Um, the so currently the Islanders have uh, are in the first wild card spot. Florida is in the second wild card spot. Of course, a lot of things can change from right now till the end of the season. Uh, but uh, Florida has eighty five points. New York, the Islanders have 87 points. Um, the Penguins have 84 points. 
Uh, the Sabres have 81 points. The Senators have 79. Uh, the Capitals have 77. And the Red Wings have 75 points. So um, a lot of things can change, but um, it, I guess it's possible that the Penguins could catch up and maybe like one of your predictions could end up being right if, uh, if you have the Penguins in uh, the playoffs. But um, but it's you know who sees who knows but i think i think it's ultimately going to come down to pittsburgh and florida yeah. as the teams that are going to be in contention for that final wild card spot but i also wouldn't count out the sabers either i yeah. think they're going to make a push i don't know if it's going to be good enough the sense and caps and red wings gg better luck next year yeah uh, yeah all three of them are done i think a so lot make it interesting that they're done a lot will uh, be like you know it's a lot uh, will be decided in that Tuesday game that I just mentioned with the Sabres yeah. and the Panthers. Um, yeah, that, that'll be a huge, huge game. And I, I would, I would be really, would be awesome if Devin Levi could. Uh, it, could just start. watch the Panthers are going to get fifty shots. They're yep. going to score in two of them, and they're going to lose like three two in regulation. Yeah. It's. It's going to be one of those games where Florida, by the mathematics, probably deserved a win, and somehow yeah. they don't. Yeah, probably. That's that's a good call. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I need Devin Levi to, to start that game. We'll see. Um, the all right, now we go on to the Western Conference here. Um, so I think this is another one where we had. Oh no no, uh, we didn't have the same predictions here. Um, I, but we both picked Colorado in the first spot. Um, I had Minnesota and Dallas, uh, Minnesota as the second and Dallas as the third. Um, pretty close to what, what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, you had St. Louis and Minnesota. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, what's currently going on is Minnesota, um, is in first, um, in the central Colorado. My point. Colorado and Dallas are in second. Uh, they're tied for second, technically. Uh, yeah. They both have 96 points. Minnesota has 97 points. So, again, a lot can change from from right now. Um, but, um, but I was pretty close because I got the right teams, and it's very possible that Colorado finishes first, Minnesota finishes second, and Dallas It's entirely third. possible that Colorado gets first because so they also I, have a game in hand on Minnesota yeah. and Dallas as well. So the point is, is that... My my predictions still in play. Uh, your predictions are unfortunately not in play because uh, St. Louis is not going to finish. In I thought playoff Bennington last year was going to be yep. the majority of Bennington we were going to see, and that was not the case. Yep. And their defense also didn't hold up either. And uh, oh boy, uh, this is going to be a fun off season for the Blues, isn't it? Also, they they, they are they are a mess. So the Bruins are playing the Blues right now. Um, I was reminded, because uh, I just watched the first period with the announcers on, this is a national game. Um, I was reminded that, one, uh, Jim Montgomery was a part of the that coaching staff last year for St. Louis. Um, and they also had mentioned that, I mean, I forgot about it, that St. Louis was actually like, they, last year they had their fourth best season in franchise history. Which I didn't realize. Over three hundred goals scored. Yeah, and they had like, um, yeah, their their offensive uptick was a uh, huge um, there. So that was all. It's not just Jordan Bennington and uh, Joel Hoffer. 
Um, it's and Thomas Grice. It's been the um, you know, it's just the offense hasn't been there. I mean, Jordan Cairo has taken it to another level. There's that, but it's um, yeah, their their offense hasn't been as good as it was last year, of course. So Vancouver Canucks yeah. who have reeled uh, reeled in the worst ways. Uh, throughout the course of the season are one point behind St. Louis currently and yeah. pass them. Yeah. And they also have a game in hand on the Blues. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and St. Louis has a higher, uh, a worse goal differential than the Canucks. The Canucks yeah. are a negative 19. St. Louis is a negative 34. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so now we go to the Pacific. Um, we did not have the St. Well, we we both made it an embarrassing gaffe in these predictions, um, but there were different. <laughs> I know one you're talking about. But they're different teams. Um, well, actually, I made two embarrassing gaffes. You only made one embarrassing gaffe. Um, but it was a big gaffe. Both, yeah. Mine was very big. Mine is also pretty big too. So I'll start with mine. Okay. Um, Edmonton is in first. That's not an embarrassing gaffe because uh, they're in the you know they're second um, right now. Um, Secondly, I had Calgary in second. That was my one embarrassing gaffe. But this is probably the most embarrassing gaffe. Um, I had Vancouver in third. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, so, um, I mean, I thought there was something to the fact that Bruce Boudreau, like, they had a very good second half last year. I had thought that, like, okay, that would continue. I didn't expect there to be so much drama in the first half, it's pretty... Yeah, and that's one yeah. thing we can't predict. Exactly. So <laughs> We can't predict off-ice drama. Exactly. So, um, I mean, I guess there was some rumblings, because I remember there was, like, there was a rumbling last year that, like, Bruce Boudreaux might have been gone in the off-season and they were going to get Barry Trotz or something like that, or some coach, but it turns out that that didn't happen or something like that, but... Um, so I, I do remember that there was some rumblings that they were going to fire Barry Trotz, but or sorry, fire uh, Boudreaux before the season started. There were minor cracks, but it didn't seem like the foundation was crumbling. Right, ground. exactly. Yeah, and then I was thinking like, okay, like even if I had known that or like knew the full thing, I was like, Bruce Boudreaux is a good coach, and like he did put them into a second gear. What's funny though is now Vancouver is winning a lot now when they shouldn't be. And it's like the same thing, literally. Like they're they're winning games when they should be tanking. And um, and now they're probably going to be in like the the 11th pick in the draft or something like that. So They're probably like, going to say, see, we can run it back next right. year and everything's going to be fine. And then they'll find yeah, out yeah, once yeah. again uh, they're wrong again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It'll be the same stuff next year. It's just like, yeah. oh, great, a struggling start. Didn't see this coming. Yeah, yep. Just wait till February, though. We'll get our game back just in time for the playoffs. Yep. Oh, wait, never mind. Exactly. So um, in terms of your... Your predictions actually aren't that bad, except for the one gaffe that I, you know that I'm talking about. You had Calgary, yeah, Calgary winning the division. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. You had Calgary winning the division. Uh, you had Edmonton. One of the second. biggest disappointments I had winning the division. Yeah. By the way, Florida and Calgary, I am True. both winning their respective divisions. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because they both made that trade. So, <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. all thought both of them would be yeah. better. Yeah. Exactly. 
Uh, Edmonton, you had second, which is what it yeah. currently is. Third. Sam McDavid and Drysdale didn't matter how bad their goaltending was. Yeah, yeah. Third, you had Vegas. Um, so, um, and you know, yeah. Vegas is, uh, uh, you know, first right now in the Pacific. So, that wasn't that bad. But yeah, I, I, I guess Calgary is an embarrassing gap. I feel like Vancouver is a more embarrassing prediction than Calgary is because it's li- like at least I could see it for Calgary. Um, but for Vancouver, it's like, oh, right, they, they went off the rails. Uh, why did I think they would make the playoffs? Um, but, yeah, of course, the getting you picked Calgary in first. I just picked Vancouver in third. So, and you know what? The underlying stats that we rhymed off yeah. last week, you know what? It's it's feasible that Calgary can bounce back yeah. next year. I can't say the same about the Canucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot can change if Vancouver does. Vancouver needs to trade. Uh, needs to um, uh, answer a lot of questions. The Flames yeah. only need to answer one, and it's behind the bench. That's it. Yeah, fair. I think a lot can change, though. I was going to say if Vancouver somehow wins the lottery, um, then a lot can change. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm getting sucked in again where I'm like, I don't know. I could see, like, Vancouver doing well. Rick Tockett has made them into a better team now. So I'm like, all right, maybe maybe the Vancouver could be better next year. But I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm falling into the same trap that I did last year. So I might not have learned my lesson. If I pay Vancouver, should be noted by the way. Um, the, uh, Calgary's got uh, some interesting question marks uh, to answer uh, after next season, and similar mm. to what I was mentioning with Florida, uh, after next year, the following players are free agents, and we mentioned this earlier in the season: Elias Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, and Nikita Zadorov. Those are five big names that are. Um, potential unrestricted free agents. Same with Oliver Shillington uh, as yeah. well, who was a low-key, very good performer for them uh, last season. Uh, less so this year, but last year, a very, very promising start for him. Yeah. Uh, so so those six players, um, based on what they do in the offseason, I'm interested to see how they approach the overall construction of the roster mm-hmm. beyond, obviously, the key guys that they have. Guys like Nassim Kadri and Huberto, and they also have... Mangiapane, who yep. has regressed a little bit. They have two more years of him at 5.8. Um, so there's going to be a fair amount of uh, interest in, in Calgary um, and yep. how they go about uh, addressing their roster, too, if they miss the playoffs. Especially. Yeah, I mean, I think they also have... Well, first off, I think Daryl Sutter is gone. Um, yeah, <laughs> first things first, change yeah. the coach. Yeah, no, like even if they do somehow get this second wild card spot, which is still possible, I just uh, I don't know if that's like he's the right coach for them. Also, yeah. Matthew, but I think it's more undeniable if they miss it though. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't mention this uh, when it happened, but Matthew Coronado signed um, an entry level of contract with Calgary. He's another guy who's going to be pretty good in. Um, in the NHL, he's a small guy. He's like, almost like I dare I say Johnny Gaudreau, because um, yeah. he's a, he's a small guy who can score um, and and make assists as well. So he he could be pretty good. Um, they also have Connor Zary, who's tearing it up in the AHL. Jacob Peltier, uh, they also have there too. So um, I feel also like Dustin Wolf in net, yeah, Dustin is Wolf is killing it in the AHL as well. Yeah, good call there too. 
Uh, so, so if all four of those guys, like, <clears throat> I think pretty soon, like, there could, it kind of reminds me, like, that all, I feel like all four, four of those guys could play next year, um, and be rookies together, which would remind me back when Matthews, Nylander, and Marner were all rookies at the same time, um, because it's, it's very possible that all four of those guys can make an impact at the same season, um, <laughs> their rookie year. Um, so we'll see. That's something that we can, um, we'll, we'll see if that actually happens. But the other, the other thing that's also Jim Calgary is, and, uh, it's unfortunate, but, uh, Jacob Marstrom and Dan Bladar, yep. uh, the goaltending hasn't been good enough sure. either. It's not all on them, but it hasn't been good enough. Yep. Uh, so currently, uh, we had Vegas, uh, so the Pacific is Vegas, um, with 101 points, Edmonton with 99 points, and LA Kings, which neither one of us, I mean, you had them in the wild card spot, but, um, I didn't yeah. predict them, um, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have them in my wild card spot, but, uh, yeah, the LA Kings are in third right now, um, so... Yeah, you didn't. You didn't think the Kings would make the playoffs. Period. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I guess Crazy. not. Yeah, because there I, were some I, people. There were some pundits at the start of the year thought they would win the division, and they still might if they have a late surge. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking that. Like, I thought they had a fluky season last year. I know that they added yeah. Kevin Fiala. I just wasn't like completely convinced because I knew that they. So I think it was something that they had like a. Um, last season they had a minus as a goal di- differential so I thought that was like a strong tell of course I didn't realize that they were going to trade Jonathan Quick and Corpusalo was going to be pretty good and Phoenix Copley was going to be pretty good but I thought like which is funny because yeah. I think last year overall they were they had a better tandem than what they had this year yeah yeah and it, like and I, I was like and I thought Cal Peterson was like he was shaky last year but I wasn't sure of course, I was. I guess I was right about that, but um, but yeah, I, I think I just wasn't fully convinced about LA. Um, but yeah, no, it seems like they're for real. Um, it's just you know, it's tough. We'll see. Um, yeah. In terms of wild cards, I had Nashville and Vegas. You had LA and Nashville. Um, so we were both wrong on that Nashville, and uh, I guess uh, technically you were wrong about LA, but you you know you had them. They, at least LA made the playoffs. Um, Nashville has 84 points. Calgary has 85 points. Uh, Winnipeg um, has the second wild card spot. They have 87 points. Neither of us predicted Seattle, um, and they have 90 points. Um, predicted them last year, so can I use yeah. the I called it a year before they did it? Yeah, I, I no, know. I'm not going to give you credit for that. Um, <laughs> nah, because I predicted them yeah. third as well last year. Well, so. the, the interesting thing about Seattle is it's like, I guess they, they were a good team. I mean, we did, well, we're going to get into it. We both predicted Matty Veneers was going to get the Calder. So we did expect that to happen. We just didn't, like, I, I guess it was, again, it goes back to goaltending where we were thinking, like, okay, they get, like, Martin Jones and, like, who knows with Grubauer because he had a, he struggled his first season. Still, Grubauer... Yeah, they don't have a white-hot goalie like yeah. Vegas had with Fleury in 2018, exactly. that's for sure. Yeah, and Grubauer... Also, look at Vince Dungo. He leads the team in scoring, and he's yeah. a defenseman. It's crazy, Yeah. Um, we predicted that Grubauer would be, um, or like, like, what's, what's funny is, is that 
like, when you look at the goaltending stats, like, Martin Jones has a 2.99 GAA and um, a save percent, like, and a save percentage of 888. Um, and Grubauer is even worse. He has a 3.05 GAA and a save percentage of 889. So they're like, but like, it's it's crazy that like, okay, Seattle's gonna make the playoffs. And we had thought that like, okay, if they're going to do it, it's good. They have to have better goaltending. That's not the case. Um, maybe that's a sign. Cause that, that seems to be my biggest takeaway so far is that because I thought that Toronto's goaltending was going to be an issue. Turns out that's not the case. Um, I thought that um, uh, LA's goaltending was going to be an issue. That turns out that's not the, the case. Same with Seattle. Not the case. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it but, should also be noted, by the way, that Philip Grubauer has... Four more years with a five point nine million dollar cap yeah. after this year ends. Yeah, so I, that, I, that contract's aging like a pumpkin. I wonder if Seattle's gonna get like they could sign Freddie Anderson. I feel like they uh, that will be. Oh yeah, an injury prone yeah. goaltender to add yeah, to yeah. an existing goaltender. What could go wrong? Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking because he's gonna be the most heralded goal te- free agent goaltender in the offseason. Yeah, and and that and that shows to you um, that. Um, probably the best upgrading goal is probably going to be through trade. So yeah. any goaltenders that are looking for a fresh start, uh, they, they might be in luck because this yeah, year's free fair. agency class in terms of goalies, nothing to write home about. Yeah, there's, there's, I, there's some options like there's Barlamov and, you know, maybe if uh, Samsonov doesn't uh, want to yeah. stay in Toronto beyond this year, but even then, like, there's question marks when it comes to consistency True. and, again, staying healthy right, and right. age. They're True. everywhere you look in terms of, okay, maybe this guy's an option. There's always the, yeah, but, and there's, yeah. like, at least one or two things that you have to consider before signing that contract. So Yeah, that's a fair point, but I think if you're going to sign a free agent goalie, it's going to be Freddie Anderson. Um yeah, no, hundred percent. But the turn of dollars have to fit as well. I know he's. I know he's been injured for half this season, and he's not having the greatest season um, this year either when he is healthy. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like Freddie Anderson's going to be the prize um, for any team. Um, yeah, no, we'll you're see. not wrong. You're not. Wrong. Um, and then um, yeah, I guess we were. Um, yeah, Nashville, we both thought that they were going to make the playoffs somehow, even though I guess... They still could. They're only three back, though. Yeah, I guess they could. I, I feel like just after what they were sellers at the deadline, it's like... And Tomasino, Cody Glass, and Thomas Novak, um, who I had never Thomas even Thomas Novak could be yeah. a dark horse for rookie of the year, in my opinion. Or is he, is he eligible? I think uh, he might be, but I don't know if he has enough games, really, to... Because I thought he... had he 27 was... games played last year. Let's actually yeah. take a look at... Uh, the rookies. He might be. Oh well, yeah, he he's played. I guess what I mean is, is that he's only played forty-four games. So. Um, no, but I mean, did the amount of games he played last year take him out of oh, being a rookie this year? Because he played twenty-seven last year, and I don't it. see his name up here. So. Right, um, but uh, but I'm. I saying, don't think he's eligible. 
Well, that, and I mean, like, even if he was eligible, like, I feel like the fact that he's only played half the season, like, that, that's got to be a deterrent there. Because, like, if you compare him to Matty Beneers or Miss Chias Mazzelli, who's been doing this all year, as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, they're 1-2 in rookie yeah. scoring, by the way, those two yeah, games yeah. that you mentioned. As opposed to just Tommy Novak, who's just been doing it uh, for half the yeah. year. Uh, but yeah, but even still, it shouldn't take yeah. away from the results that he's put forward. He had a four-point game yeah. uh, yesterday uh, or Saturday yeah. as well, by the way. Against yeah, yeah. St. Louis he's Martin, been good. He's been good. Four-point game. Yeah, no, no, he's been good. Uh, Philip Tomasino, shout out to him though. Uh, Seventeen points in twenty-four games. He was also pretty good in the uh, minors. Um, and while we're on it, uh, Luca Evangelista um, has twelve points mm. in seventeen games as well. So. Yeah, like and and uh, forty four games is all that yeah. Thomas Novak has played this year. So you put that over an eighty two game season, yep. like you're looking at near a point per game clip. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a nice um, youth movement going on in Nashville too. So um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and David Poyle probably won't be around as GM to That's see it true. either because Barry Trotz is taking over at the end of the year. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, Very crazy. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, then, um, in terms of the... Okay, yeah, we have the final four in the Stanley Cup predictions as well. Of course, yeah. we we still can't see the future on this, but some of us were like, okay, really? What were we thinking here? Um, which, so it's funny here, because I was pretty critical of Toronto, but I have them in my final four. Um, so did I. I had the Rangers as well, uh, Colorado... Um, and Edmonton on the other side, which I guess, all, I mean, this could still happen. Um, and then I have the Rangers and Edmonton as the Stanley Cup Finals, and I have the Rangers winning. All this could still happen. Uh, you have Toronto as well. You have Carolina, um, Colorado, and Calgary, LOL. Um, in terms of the Stanley Cup I Finals. I my pants. Yep. Uh, sorry, I mean, I, yeah, I guess you're right, I, I can't really. I mean, I, I, I have pretty embarrassing, uh, predictions as well, so. Um, we'll see. Uh, Final Four, you have Toronto, Carolina, Colorado, and Calgary. Stanley Cup Finals, you have Colorado and Carolina, and then you have Colorado winning again. Um, so there's that. Um, again, these are, like, the awards that are um, still not, you know, we, we don't know who are going to win these awards, but I guess this is just a reminder for you guys. Some of the stuff we have a pretty good idea of who's going to win, but um, but it's it's not as clear cut, of course. Um, I because so what happened here is I like wrote down notes or I went back to find the episode notes. I didn't actually re-listen to this episode. Steve did actually go back and listened to his episode or this episode. So uh, kudos for him for listening. So correct me if yeah, I'm wrong though. Um, correct me if I'm wrong though, Steve, that I thought, cause I think we, we agreed that there was like a lot of obvious picks but like we yeah. we both intentionally went with like the like alternative, um, in case we went it wasn't. with honorable mentions, even yeah. though we knew player X was definitely gonna win. Right, 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 right. So, uh, so for instance, we we thought that the obvious pick for the heart was McDavid, 
surprise, surprise, McDavid's going to win this. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of our like our wild card predictions here, I had Kirill Kaprizov, um, and which is which is not a bad one. He could probably be one of the one of those three nominations. Um, but you had uh, Artemi Panarin. Um, yep. So I mean. I, Panarin's not having a bad season, of course, but I don't think he's going to make it. Um, yeah, he's 16th in NHL scoring yeah. right now. Yeah, so... Um, Which isn't bad, but it's... I yeah. don't think MVP-worthy. Yeah, I, I feel like... Right, right, yeah. Because I, I guess my thinking was is that if the Wild... Like, a big reason why the Wild are so good is because of Kaprizov... And so it's like, okay, well, if Kaprizov's going to, like, you know, if the Wild are going to do well, then it's it's probably going to be because of Kaprizov. I also, uh, spoiler alert here, because I had Kaprizov maybe winning the Art Ross. Um, so I was thinking, like, okay, if I have Kaprizov as the Art Ross guy, I'm going to have him as the heart because it's like, all right, if you if you have the most points, then you're you're going to... Yeah, I just realized Panarin has more points than Kaprizov does, actually. Oh, really? Okay. But he's also played in 12 more games, and yeah. Kaprizov is likely out until the playoffs, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, the top three would be McDavid, Pasternak. Try to think. Maybe McKinnon. Uh, no, I think probably. McKinnon, because he has, uh, he has 97 points in 64 games. Nice. I feel like like a lot of t- oh, guys on Colorado, he must come to an injury. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it could be Jason Robertson. That's another one. Uh, it could also be Matthew Kachuk if if Florida makes the playoffs. Like that's the only. Way I also would give a shout out to Miko Rantanen as yeah. well because, like I said, he is nearing fifty goals and he has ninety two points on the year. He's yeah. been the most consistent, healthy offensive weapon for Colorado, and if not for mm-hmm. him. Who knows where the abs are in the standings right now? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, in so terms, I, I hope, I think he'll be top ten in voting. It would be nice if he got top five. Yeah. Oh God, the Blues just tied it up in the last, <laughs> the last minute. They just tied it up, and Jordan Cairo. But Nevich isn't even playing, so my fancy team doesn't benefit. Please, Bruins win. It's uh, Jordan Cairo got the. Game tying. I saw that Tory Crew got the second goal and Kairou got the first goal. So, um, yeah, whatever. Um, we don't have Bergeron and Krejci or McAvoy in this game. Who cares, right? Um, yeah. The Blues also uh, yeah. need to start sucking a little bit more for Bedard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I also true. Probably use him more. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, in terms of the Rocket Richard, we. This is actually kind of funny, and we just talked about this, but we had thought that Matthews was the obvious pick um, because he did have 60 goals last year. Um, and I guess Mick David took that personally. Um, he has 62 goals <laughs> in 77 games. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I guess Mick David was just, like, tired of hearing that he doesn't score goals. Um, and he was just like, really? Okay, I'll just, I'll just score goals now. Um, and, of course, he upped his game. Uh, he has 146 points right now, currently. Um, I believe that's like more, like a, like he, I think that's more, twi- two points per game, basically. Um, so. What's also crazy is that his shooting percentage yeah. is 
pushing 20%. I don't think he gets to 20, but it's 19 on the nose, and he's taken um, close to 50 shots less than Pasternak Mm. has, who is second in uh, league scoring and six goals behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, in terms of the, uh, the not obvious pick, we both pick Pasternak, so we don't both deserve kudos there. I mean, I guess we should, like, the obvious, like, we should have went with McDavid, um, but, uh, but yeah, Pasternak second in goals right now, 56 goals. It's very possible that he could score right now, um, and make that 57 goals, um, we'll see. Also, top five in points. We said uh, yeah. a contract here. He was going to have a lot uh, to yep. prove. Uh, not to prove, but uh, a lot to prove to his doubters. And yep. he's proved them all that he's worth the money he's soon going to be getting. So, Yeah, also, um, yeah, he's been, um, like, I, I think my thinking was is that, like, okay, he's going to play with either Krejci on his line, and if that's not working, it's going to be Bergeron. And yeah. he's going to be the big reason why the Bruins are, like, he's going to make or break it if the the Bruins, and especially when they don't have Marchand and they don't have McAvoy, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. it's going to be just Pasternak and Bergeron for the first half. It's like, all right, like, that's what he's known for. He's going to, he could, he could um, compete with Austin Matthews, but... He's also uh, 29 shots away from 400 yep. on the campaign. I'm interested to see if he's going to be able to reach it or not. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I and I have I still have a bet for Pasternak to get the Rocket Richard that I made at the beginning of the year. I think it was like 25 to 1 odds. Um, surprisingly enough, I remember that thinking this, that McDavid had like the third best odds to win the Rocket uh, Richard, and I thought that was kind of crazy. It's like, oh, don't we all know that McDavid's more of an assist guy? Um, and um, I was proven wrong, so, um, and I'm, I mean, <laughs> I only I only made like a $1 bet for it, but um, it has been kind of like the, the thing that's like, oh, of course McDavid. Funny thing is, it. though, is he still technically is an assist guy because while yeah. he has 62 goals, he also has 84 assists. That's, yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, you're always, I mean, name a player that has more goals than assists. Like, that's, you know, I guess, it's, I guess Pasternak. Yeah. I'll watch Machiko yeah. this dude is at hockey. It's incredible. Yeah. If you take away all his goals, he had the same amount of points as Tim Stutzla, who is currently 18th in scoring. Yeah, that's... It's like it's getting Gretzky level, which is yeah, yeah. it's getting Gretzky level kind of ridiculous. And well, his shooting percentage is higher than Stutzla as yeah. well. Yeah, because I was looking at this the other day because uh, you know we were we were looking at uh, like Pasternak. By the way, he has um, Pasternak has the second or the fourth best season season in, in goals in Bruins franchise history. But I was looking at this is that like. Currently, McDavid has 146 points. That's ninth in Edmonton single season uh, history. <laughs> and and guess how like everyone it, else is Gretzky. Everyone right? else is Gretzky. Yeah, <laughs> yep. just, tenth is Paul Coffey. But yeah, everyone else is Wayne Gretzky. So it's just like he's not even close. I'm just glad that we're gonna see a guy hit 150 points. Like he yeah, was at 150 point pace a couple seasons yep. ago, but he never actually hit 150. Yep. he's going to this year. Yep, and then in terms of goals, uh, he's currently tied for seventh 
uh, with Wayne Gretzky in 86, 87. Um, then, uh, but uh, he's not touching Wayne Gretzky's record of 92 goals in the 81, 82 season. Uh, he's also not touching 87, also made by Gretzky, uh, or 73, also made by Gretzky, or 71, also made by Gretzky. Um, Yari Curry um, is also on this list. 71, uh, he has 71 and 84 and 85. Um, also, Yari Curry had 68, which I guess uh, McDavid could pass, but um, but we'll see. Um, but it, it is funny, though, because I remember looking at this. It's just like... There was one year where Gretzky was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna like I, I'm tired of I'm just tired of bored of scoring goals all this time. I'm just gonna do assists, and he gets 163 assists that year. And he and not only that, he gets the most uh, points um, of his career that year as well. So it's just like you just like yeah, that was the year. That just, was the year he got 93 goals, I think, because there was a season where he got like 200 plus points or something. No, no, no. So the 85-86 season, uh, he had yeah. 163 assists. But yeah. uh, let me see. Uh, but he what he did was he just passed that passed it all to Yari Curry, and Yari Curry was just like, all right, I guess I'll just score because um, <laughs> it's Wayne Gretzky, and then. Um, yeah, it was just, but it was just one year where that happened. Um, yeah, but I mean, but I think like he had a, a two hundred point season and he had oh, like ninety three goals. Yeah, so I would think that major assist season was when he did all his. Oh yeah, that was two hundred. That so so that year that he had ninety two goals, he had two hundred and twelve points that year. Yeah. But, okay. But the year I'm talking about where he had the most assist of his career. He had 215 points, so that was his most points oh, wow. in single season. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy, and that yeah. was four years after the fact. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's it's also so it's like oh, that's he, he had yeah he had he also had a 208 point season. He also had a 205 point season. Um, so yeah, craziness. All right. Anyways. He only also, uh, the year he got 163 assists, only 11 goals and 54 points in the power play. What a slider. Yeah. Um, and while I was uh, assessing over Wayne Gretzky, uh, looks like the Bruins just scored, although they're looking at the replay. We'll see um, real time what, what's going on here. Um, also, another quick update. Uh, the Sens and Blue Jackets are playing halfway through the first. It's already a 2-2 tie. That's funny. So we yeah. could be looking at a six-five final here tonight. Yep, yep. Um, okay, uh, so Art Ross, uh, we both said the obvious pick was going to be McDavid. Uh, so we were right about that. Um, you didn't even pick like a wild card guy. I said Kaprizov because I was figuring if I have him for the heart, he's probably going to get the Art Ross. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I didn't bother. Yeah, you were just like, yeah, that. Uh, which is fair. Um, Vezina, uh, Shesterkin, we said was the obvious pick. You also didn't pick a wild card. Um, I had Sororkin, which I was close, because Sororkin's having a pretty good season. He's going to be nominated. Um, it's going to be Ulmark, I would imagine. Um, he has a GA, I, I guess it's not updated yet, but, um, oh, they disallowed the goal. Okay, so oh. back in the overtime. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, it looks like Olmark's gonna win the Vezina. 
Uh, Shashurkin hasn't been bad, of course, but he wasn't. He's like, he struggled in the first half, but he started to pick it up towards the end. Or, or now, um, and the Rangers are a really hot team right now. So, um, I told you at the when they got Patrick Kane that I was scared of the Rangers, um, and I am confirming that that I'm still scared <laughs> of the Rangers. So, um, we'll see. Um, so yeah, we'll see that. Uh, but Sorokin was pretty good. I'm not. Um, he actually has better stats than Shashurkin does. Um, in terms of the Norris, um, we both said that Makar uh, was going to win. You didn't pick a wild card. I had uh, Rasmus Dahlin um, as, as the thing. I guess he could still be nominated. I would guess it's going to be Eric Carlson if I had uh, to pick right now. Um because he's... He'll be at least top three. At well, least top okay. three, Eric Carlson. When, when I say this stat, you're going to be like, all right, Eric Carlson's going to win the Norris. Because uh, currently he has 95 points. That puts him 10th, not just for defensemen, but um, in terms of skaters, he has 95 points. Um, tied with Mitch Marner. The next closest guy in terms of points is Quinn Hughes, who has 73 points. So he has a 20-point lead over the next defenseman. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, I know points aren't everything for defensemen, and that's that was always the, the big knock on Carlson early on in his career. But, um, yeah, if he like he's having the best season of his career. If he's not getting it, I feel like there's going to be riots everywhere. I know, um, like, you know, he's on a bad team or whatever, but... Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like you have to give it to Eric Carlson here. Um, so I um, I just wanted to to write down um, the um, the top ten defensemen in terms of points scored because Roman Yossi oh, is yeah. just behind tenth. He's eleventh, and he he's injured right now. Yeah, is also injured right now. But here are the top ten defensemen in terms of points: Eric Carlson and Quinn Hughes. We just mentioned Dougie Hamilton is third with seventy one. Josh Morrissey, who people have said Josh Morrissey for a couple months now, yep. has 69 points in 73 games. Adam Fox, who has won the Norse before, has 68. He's in fifth. Rasmus Dahlin, who you mentioned as your honorable mention, is sixth with 67 and 71. Uh, Kale McCarr, the defending Norris Trophy winner, I believe, has uh, 66 yep. points, but he's only played in 60 games. Miro Heiskanen also has 66 points, but he's played in 73. Uh, Brandon Montour, hello, 65 oh, points in 75 games. Crazy. The guy Nassim Kadri called a crappy defenseman on a crappy team. And uh, Vince Dunn, we mentioned, the leading scorer on the Kraken, 61 points yep. in 75 games. Yeah, it'll probably be Eric Carlson, Quinn Hughes, and Vince Dunn, I think. Those would be your... I think I think Morrissey's going to be top three, but yeah, I, I think... think- Eric Carlson is probably the favorite at this point. I thought Morrissey was struggling lately, so that's why I'm not sure it's going to be. Um, he might not. Yeah, it, a lot of people in Winnipeg are struggling. True, to be true. Fair. fair, fair. Not just. Yeah, that sounds like an off season. Also, episode. Hampus Lindholm is 50 points, and he's a plus 46. Pretty yeah, good. that's a good one too. Um, the Calder. Um, uh, so yeah, we both said that Beniers was the obvious pick. Um, it looks yeah. like he's probably going to win it, I would imagine. Um, yeah. 
I think I think you could have made a case for Logan Thompson if he wasn't injured and like played for the most part. I think you it would be yeah. a close call there, but uh, but the fact that Logan Thompson is out, I don't think he's going to do it. Um, uh, yeah, you didn't bother with the wild card picks. I had three, um, but and two of these three aren't in the league at the current moment. Um, but McTavish, um, he he's had some good stints every now and then. But I did have him there. I had William Eklund. Uh, when he's been called up, he's been pretty good. But the Sharks are like, you know what? You're too good. We want Bedard. Let me uh, send you back to the Barracuda. You're um, too good, but we also don't want to ruin your confidence. Trust me. When we'll we'll yeah. let you know when you're ready, kid. But he is pretty good, actually. I mean, he he was pretty he good when he good. Was, when he was called up. It wasn't necessarily like a a bad confidence thing. Let me look here. He had um, he had three points in eight games. He was just getting going again, so I don't know. It's possible. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I think it was more like you know what? We're we're sneaky uh, tanking here. Um, we don't want the management to know that we're tanking. Um, but uh, I mean, I think they have what like six wins at home. Yeah, That's yeah, something like that. Um, no, because I, I, I feel like there was something last year where the president of hockey operations for the Sharks said that they would never tank, um, which is ironic because they they play in the Sharks. They're 20 and 10 at home. So slightly yeah. better, but still bad. What's, what's ironic is they play in the Shark Tank, um, but <laughs> they, they claim that they, aren't, they, they will never tank. Um, Little do they know they are the fish food. Yeah, this year. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's just eating them alive. I mean, yeah. Um, Marco Rossi was the other guy that I had mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess they, he's just been managed poorly, but I, I think he's doing well in the AHL, which I guess we'll see. They're a point per game in the AHL. Yeah. Um, he's gonna get his chances, but uh, they're they're playing they're playing this slow development game with a lot of prospects and, yeah. and he's no exception in Minnesota. And you saw, mm. you know, Dalen Addison get a lot of reps this year. Yep. And I think Marco Rossi probably next year is, is when yep. he had a good at what he's going to become. So. Yep. Um, in terms of the Jack Adams, we kind of differed on the Jack Adams. Um, I felt that Cat Bruce Cassidy was going to be the obvious pick. Um, he'll probably get a mention. I would I imagine a nomination. Uh, you had Mike Sullivan, LOL. Um, but, I thought, again, the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to defy the hands of time, and it yep. was largely thanks to his coaching that they did for so long. Yep. Um, I, in terms of the uh, wild card pick, I had Lane Lambert um, as a sneaky good pick there, but I guess that didn't happen because the Islanders are... I mean, the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. I guess it wouldn't shock me if he gets nominated. But of course, we both missed out on Jim Montgomery. Um, it was definitely on my mind. Yeah. Um, or Blaine uh, Lambert was. Uh, Montgomery... Yep. Maybe, but I didn't think he was a right. slam dunk choice. Well, you didn't, you didn't have Boston in the playoffs, so... I, well... <laughs> I have no excuse because I did have Boston in the playoffs. I just like I was like, you know what? We're we're gonna miss Bruce, um, and uh, so I thought it was gonna be Cassidy. But and Cassidy will be nominated, especially if the Golden Knights um, win the division. But 
Um, but yeah, it has to be Jim Montgomery, given the historic season that the Bruins are having. Um, and lastly, the Selkie. Um, I had Bergeron as the obvious pick. Um, and then wild card spot was Barkov. Um, you had Barkov winning the Selkie. Um, but yeah, I guess it was... Uh, oh, looks like the Bruins uh, won the shootout here. So that, there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it, it's, it's still tough. I think it could be still be Bergeron. Um, but you know, you never know. I feel like sometimes the, like the voters get bored and they're like, you know what, let's, let's take it to someone, give it to someone else who deserves it. So, um, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it could be, I guess, I don't know if Barkov will make it, but we'll see. Just given how I'm interested Florida if, uh, if, if any, like, I don't know. People have talked about Matthews and Marner improving mm. their defensive game. I'm interested to see how much praise they get in the voting. I'm not necessarily going to say they're going to win or if they're going to be top five, but I've seen them get, you know, a handful of sulky votes here and there. So yeah. I'm interested to see where they finish this year in that voting. Yeah, I know. That's a good point. Um, in terms of teams to watch and players to watch, um, this was um, – I had the team to watch as the um, – the New Jersey Devils. We already talked about them yeah. before, um, so yeah, that there that was the team to watch. I like I, I felt like it was like okay, it's either they're going to make the playoffs or they're going to be a lottery team. Turns out it was the former. Um, players to watch I had was Brock Besser, um, and yeah, it turns out that he's still struggling. I thought he there was a chance that he could come back. Um, what's interesting though. Because uh, I remember last year I had the Tyler Sagan as a player to watch. And Tyler Sagan's low-key having a pr- decent season. Um, he is injured right now, but he had 45 points in 70 games. Um, and all, not to mention uh, a low-key Jamie Benn, 72 points in 76 games. So uh, He's been the biggest bounce-back story. Yeah. If there's a comeback player, the year award for the NHL, yeah. um, maybe, I, I guess, the closest thing is the Bill Masterton. Yeah. Um, I would put Ben as the top three, at least, for that. Like, he's having quite yeah. a surgery. I'm trying to think, because usually they award a Masterton to, like, the guy who came back from a massive injury. Um, yep. But yep. Um, there's an old joke from American Wyshynski podcast that, like, Bill Masterton literally died on the ice, and that's why they award it. Well, that yeah. so as morbid as that is, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so they 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 make a joke that like master like Bill Master the ghost of Bill Masterton's always like it's like oh you you sprained your ankle and came back <laughs> like I died <laughs> and like he's just he's just very sarcastic. Because it's like whoever yeah. wins the award, it's like it, there's no comeback for him. There's no coming back from the fact that this no. guy died yeah. on the ice. Um, so it's just funny whenever. So now, yeah. whenever I think of the Masterton Award, I just always think of that. So now it's like, and now it's turned into like whoever has recovered from an injury. Um, I'm yeah. sure there's or someone, health or health scare. Like right. I mean, you yeah. know what Chris Letang has dealt with as well. Yeah, that's this a good year. one. The loss of his dad. John Carlson. And, uh, he also suffered his second stroke during his yeah. hockey playing days. John like, Car- he's, he's yeah. gone through a lot, too. John Carlson, um, considering he had a fractured yeah, skull, I, he's I playing up there as well, yeah. Um, there's also uh, Jonathan Taze. He's playing a little bit now. Um, yeah. 
And then, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, that was probably the other one. But um, it's probably going to John Carlson. But, yeah, I guess Jamie Benn, he just wasn't injured. That's that's pretty much what we're saying. Um, yeah, he was just struggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he, he, still, he still silenced a lot of yeah, defenders this year. Exactly, yeah. We all thought that he was done, so um, yeah. there's that. Um, in terms of players to watch, uh, yeah, so I had Brock Besser. He hasn't been back. Um, for you, you had team to watch was Detroit. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I guess it's just going to be another year where they're going to be rebuilding again. Um, I did see that Marco Casper, who they drafted this past year, um, he's uh, he's playing tonight. Um, so there's that to look forward to. But, yeah, Detroit uh, was not as good as my pick. But, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Well, well, the the thing with Marco Casper is like he was a top ten pick last yep. year. He was, he was, he was hyped up quite a bit. And the men's league, Swedish Hockey League, twenty three points in fifty two games this year, three mm. assists and nine playoff games as well. Um, so you know, a pretty productive campaign in the Swedish Hockey League for him. Yep. And you know, this is a guy that uh, is only eighteen years old. He's going to be turning nineteen on April eighth uh, in a couple yep. of days from now. Uh, so. Yep. Uh, you know, still a young kid, you know, making your NHL debut as a teenager, that's that's excellent progress um, in just one season there. But the reason why I picked Detroit is because, you know, they brought in Dominic Kubelik. He was he's third in scoring currently with 43 points, 20 goals. Um, mm-hmm. You look at um, another guy that they brought in, Pius Suter, who has 23 points in 72 games. I thought he would be a solid bottom six addition. Um, you know, there's also guys like they brought in last offseason that were expected to take leaps like Oscar Sunquist and Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman in particular has really excelled yeah, uh, for the Red Wings and has become a huge contributor to their top 4D. Ben Sherratt less so, but they did bring him in. Same with Andrew Kopp. He's starting to finally pick up his game, but only 41 points, I think. When you look at his uh, production level with the Rangers, a bit of a downgrade. You're also wondering what Lucas Raymond was able to do. He's only fifth in scoring with 39 points in 67 games, so a bit of a down year. Uh, David Perron has been a good leader for them, too, second in scoring with 50 points. We wondered if Dylan Larkin was going to resign. He did, and he's first on the team in scoring with a near point of game pace, 73 points in 74 games. Uh, you were wondering what Moritz Sider was going to do on the back end. Similar to Lucas Raymond, a bit of a step back, but he still has 39 points in 75 games. That's not terrible, and he's playing 23 minutes a night. Philip Horonic had a big start to the year, but is now on Vancouver. You look at uh, young guys like Jonathan Berggren, who have looked uh, pretty mm-hmm. solid in some of the games that they have played. Uh, You're wondering, uh, what the heck are we going to get from Philip Sedina? And then, obviously, the Jacob Verana news happened as well. He's now on St. Louis. And then, lastly, you were just figuring, okay, well, is Billy Huso going to be Billy Huso from last year? And is Alex Nedeljkovic going to take a step forward? Alex Nedeljkovic has spent most of this year in the minors, and they yep. brought in Magnus Helberg to back up Billy Huso. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the trade deadline happened, and they moved away some pieces, and they're probably going to miss the playoffs again. So just a lot of question marks heading into this year of like, okay, what are we going to get from this team? And that's why I picked the Red Wings. Um, so if you're wondering, uh, 
because of the fact that I picked the Flyers and I picked the Red Wings this year, and both uh, failed to deliver to a lot of people's expectations, am I going to pick the Ottawa Senators next year? Hell to the no, I am not picking the <laughs> Ottawa Senators because I'll probably curse them if I do. I feel like that's an, uh, like, that's an exception that like we both know that we can't pick our own team. <laughs> for the team to watch. Yeah, so we'll just yeah. pick other teams. Yeah, yeah. If it backfires exactly. on a, if our predictions backfire, it's, right, right. Uh, it's all good. Because we t- we talk about the we 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 of course they're the team to watch. We literally watch them. <laughs> like we're, that is true. We yeah. watch them more than any other team. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then in terms of players to watch, you had a Matthew Boldy. Um, which is nope. better than my prediction of Brock Besser, but um, he has 58 points in 76 games. That's fourth among Minnesota Wild players. Uh, not bad, but um, I don't know. I think I was expecting more, maybe. Um, Same. But, uh, but, yeah, not bad for his sophomore year. Um, so, yeah. See, at the start of the year, he was, he was uh, picking up uh, points. At, so he started the year on a three-game point mm-hmm. streak, then he went on a couple of cold streaks. Then he had a couple of multi-point games. Then a couple of cold streaks. Right. Then he has a three-point game and he gets a mini-point streak going. And then it's hot and cold, hot and cold. Another three-point game. More hot and cold. A big pointless skid to, to start off 2023. And by big, it was, um, I think it went up to as high as six games. But then he got on a nice little roll with a four-game point streak, a couple of multi-point games in there. Yep. And then it was more hot and cold stuff. And then all of a sudden, after what seemed like a very long time of scoring a goal, in fact, there was a stretch of hockey between January 27th and March uh, March 9th. January 27th to March 9th. He had a total of one goal, Brett. And that came against the Calgary Flames, who are probably the most unlucky team in the league. Mm-hmm. Then he gets a goal against San Jose on March 11th. whoop de do a lot of teams do that. Mm-hmm. Then he gets a goal against Arizona the very next night. whoop de do a lot of teams score against Arizona. But then, March 19th against Washington, he gets a hat trick. And then two nights later, in New Jersey, he gets a goal. Then he has a two-goal night in Philadelphia two nights after that. Then March 27th in Seattle, he gets another hat trick. And then uh, not an April Fool's joke against Vegas, he gets a goal. So down the stretch in the past 10 to 15 games, the goal scoring has come back just in time to the point where he's one goal away from 30 on the season. So it's been a pretty inconsistent campaign. He's definitely gotten his looks offensively with 244 shots on goal. But I was very curious after that point-of-game pace he was on last year what he could provide in his first full season. I think definitely there were some inconsistencies that prevented him from reaching that next level. But would I say it's a terrible year? No, I think it's been a good year and definitely a year to build on and learn from. Um, But, um, yeah, just, just more curiosity of, okay... Let's see what he can do in his first full campaign. And he, he's done all things considered an all right job. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you kind of covered everything, so I yeah. don't have anything else to add there. That was but, my hope, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, so that, that that's that um, in terms of the predictions. Of course, the last half of this episode, like, we don't know 
still yet what these if these predictions will come true or not. Um, but but yeah, I think we were more right than we were wrong in general. Um, so there's that. Um, okay, that's about it. Enjoy the rest of the season here. Um, we'll probably have like a playoff preview I think next uh, next week. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm Brett. Du- oh. Uh, I always, I sometimes forget to do this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook um, at Lace Up Podcast on Twitter. Our face up, our Facebook is Lace Them Up. Uh, you can also follow us or subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, um, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, please do that if you haven't already. Um, I don't know why you would listen to a full episode and then um, not subscribe. Uh, but I guess some people do that. I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, so do, do that. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 360 of the Lace Month Podcast.